0: Welcome to Radioactive Summer Break. I'm Laura Jones. It's Friday, and it's a Punk Rock Farmer Friday at that. Aldine Strick 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, joining us remotely for tonight's show. How you doing, Al? I'm doing good. We get a summer break? Well, you know, all the other community <laughs> co-hosts do, but man, you don't want to quit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn it. I'm maybe, maybe I'm just a pain right in the butt. I could never
0: <laughs> tell. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. In fact... Because you love talking to folks about, um, you know, growing food and also highlighting local punk rock and other music. It's the easiest show to keep putting together while KRCL's new studios are being built out this summer. Hopefully, we'll be back all live and in the studio after Labor Day, Al. But coming up tonight on the Urban Farm Report, you had a chance to go and visit with one of your friends.
1: Yeah, I went up to Paradise, Utah. Actually, Hiram, Utah first. And then drove a little ways out to paradise and I was with Joseph Lofthouse and I got to see his plot that he has up there. Pretty cool stuff. He's a vacant lot gardener. So
0: he's like to just throw stuff out there, right?
1: By the side of their house. (laughs) What's that?
0: He just throws stuff. He just grabs a handful of seeds. Like Johnny Apple's always swept. But
1: but the vacant but the vacant lot part is pretty cool. It's just like you just go ask people if you can grow something in their vacant lot and see what they say.
0: He's got a book
1: out. Very cool book, Landris Gardening. And um, just came out full color. He's really excited about it. He kind of goes against the grain and teaches a little bit different. Like, bring it all in, bring in all the good stuff from all the plants instead of just having one. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. He's, he's got a good message.
0: All right, we will share that during Al's Urban Farm Report. Also tonight we got some Skywatcher Leo T. Bruceillery is happening with Slug Magazine. Angela Brown will join us. And a Meet the DJ feature with Liz Schulte, Al, who hosts, you know, the Root Awakening show, which was Thursday morning at 3 A.M. So you gotta get yeah. up early. With this,
1: right. Which and those that show's kind of like the old shows from the old days. Brad Collins, that's the yep. The history of KRCL goes back to the behind the Zion curtain days and uh, the dead air days. <laughs> <laughs> and she's bringing on the she's, you know, bringing along the tradition. That's pretty cool. Punk rock. We're still we're still here. It's not quite dead yet.
0: And in fact, tonight we're featuring usurpers. They got a gig coming up. They have an album that they put out during covid. We're just getting to it as a result. Scatter's with us, Al. I understand the two of you know each other. Scatter, how you doing, my brother? pretty
1: good man pretty uh, good. good how are you doing i'm doing good it's great it's great to have you with us you know we we have a little bit of history you actually uh used to promote some shows and we've played some of your shows and like at the pizza place and uh, kind of underground stuff people's houses and uh we were talking a little bit and it's just been a few months back that I remember hearing that they started to have some house shows and and uh, what's what's the beat on the street for the punk rock stuff right now for the underground stuff? Well, there's it's
2: there's a lot going on. There's a really good energy. Um, there's a lot of new faces that we're seeing. Um, you know, it's it's all happening pretty much in backyards and garages and basements and parking lots right now. And uh, you know, things start picking up right around you know the time people were, were getting vaccinated and stuff and it's it's uh, an exciting time and, and i think that for people who haven't been to a punk show in salt lake in a long time you should uh you should check one out if you're interested because there's a lot going on and it's an exciting time
1: you know what another exciting time is about oh it's getting to be about 30 years ago now back in the 80s when uh You and I kind of grew up and cut our teeth on uh, British punk rock and Discharge and GBH and Conflict and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what you guys are still leaning towards. It's really nice to hear... That voice is still out there. It might not be teenage angst anymore, but it's old man angst, baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, that's that's the music
2: I still listen to, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's not deliberate, but I think our sound kind of captures some of that.
1: It does for sure, and it, it really strikes that vein, and I really like the album a lot. It's a great package. It can't. It, um, I mean, it has all the lyrics. You get some stickers. You get info on where to contact you guys, but... Uh, the just the whole package and the envelope that you sent me was really cool. I thought it was really, you know, it looks like it came from international and it came from Salt Lake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know when you sent that to us because as I was closing and boxing up my my office at KRCL, I'm like, when did this come? Oh my, Al's gonna kill me. <laughs> And so I'm really glad that we moved just so I could unearth the Usurper's (laughs) new album. And you put it out like at the start of 2020, I believe. I was looking online at when when that hit. And I'm just curious, did COVID impact how you guys were able to get the album out?
2: Yeah, totally screwed it up. Um, you know, we, we got the vinyl in April and our first show was supposed to be in April and that was, a, uh, you know, every, that was right at the time that everything was shutting down and, you know, we could have gone it. we had a show planned in Idaho and we, we, we actually could have gone ahead with it, but we just didn't think it was a good idea. And, you know, so, so we, you know, you know, we've, we've kind of been sitting on it and now we're finally out able to get out and play and, uh, People hearing us for the first time, some of them, and it's and uh, it's an exciting time for us.
0: So tell us about future wars.
2: Well, this is uh, really about kind of all the endless wars we've been involved in for the last 20 years, and how that seems to be like that's just going to go on forever, and how you know really we don't seem to have any say in that. It's like I don't know a single person in this country that thinks that being at war forever is a great idea or a good thing. But it's not really it's not really us that are making the decisions. It's it's you know. It's, it's people in, you know, in the back, back rooms making deals and things like that. And, yeah, that's just basically taking what's been happening for the last 20 years and, and projecting that forward. And it's, yeah, it's a nightmare.
1: And we're going to back that with the world today. This is The Usurpers, Fresh and Homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
3: Okay. Hey. In the world today We're caught in a trap We live our lives in plastic shells Protected from our man-made hell Mass hallucinations, you call them dreams You can cry out, but they won't hear you scream In the world today are looking bad in the world today Can you wake up? Corporations have human rights Cops have to kill the innocent on sight Medicine for profit won't make us fit They can't sell us drugs if we're not sick In the world today The way of the world today Watch it flush away
0: Today and Future Wars, the title track off the new album from Usurpers. Stick around, folks. You'll find out where you can pick it up as well as where you can see them play live because that is happening again as long as we keep the COVID rates down, everybody. You're listening to the Radioactive Summer Break. I'm Laura Jones, Aldine Stricknight, KRCL's punk rock farmer. Uh, joining us remotely, and very excited about the full-on punk rock that we're featuring tonight. Right, Al?
1: Very good. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, a breath of fresh air and, the, and with the same sentiment as the old days. Uh, you got me. I'm I'm hooked.
0: <laughs> Stick around. Al's Urban Farm Report coming up with Joseph Lofthouse, a, a hippie punk rock farmer. It sounds like a contradiction, but you'll understand when we share Al's latest road trip coming up. But right now, joining us from Slug Magazine is Angela Brown. How are you, Angela? I'm doing so good. Thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. We wanted to talk about Brustillery, shine a light on a fun event that's happening in our community after I believe it got uh, completely messed up by COVID last year, Angela.
4: It did. In fact, last year we tried to plan it twice and had to cancel both times. You know, we're just a little too optimistic, um, but we're really excited to bring it back this year. And it's happening on Saturday, July 10th. Tell us about the
0: Brustillery scene.
4: Yes, so Slug Magazine's Brew Stillery, it's kind of just what it sounds like, where it's an event featuring all of Salt Lake City, or Utah rather, Utah's brewers and distillers. So this is a really unique event where it's a locals only, so you have to be a brewer or a distiller within the state walls of Utah. And we get them all together, serving their own products, their own brands where, you know, the public can kind of come and taste the newest offerings from them and hear from the people that make it themselves. What makes their their products so unique and so special? Al, you make That's some of your own hooch. really
1: <laughs> yes, that's really cool. I really want to come and do some tasting myself. It sounds like it's right up my alley. <laughs>
4: it's well, the cool thing about it too is because you know, as you, as you we've all heard, it's difficult to sell. You know, alcohol and beer in our state of Utah. And so, a lot of these really small brewers or distillers, it's, you know, usually hard for distillers to get their products in the Utah State liquor store and, you know, get that distribution because of our liquor laws here. And so, this is a really great chance for the public to come and try their newest offerings where they might not normally be able to just go to their local liquor store and pick up the product, or they might not even know about it because it doesn't have the shelf space. So, um, this is another, you know, really about discovery. It's about, you know, discovering new businesses, new economies to support, but really about, you know, tasting new flavors within the beer and distillery industry.
0: Really hit hard by COVID as well. Uh, you know, performers and hospitality of all stripes. What are you hearing from folks as they're getting ready for Brewstillery this weekend from the brewers and the distillers about where they sit given COVID recovery?
4: Yeah, COVID recovery, you know, a lot of people are really trying to get staffed um, and just, you know, get back up to production. It's been difficult for them to, you know, release all of their products that they've, they've wanted to do during COVID with, you know, staff cutbacks and things like that. Of course, we remember that when we were in the height of COVID, a lot of distillers came out with hand sanitizer as a creative way, a creative business model to stay afloat. Um, we'll still have some of that at this event, which will be fun. But I, we're really just excited to get back together. And a lot of these industry, you know, Individuals are friends and they, you know, they, they collaborate and work on products together, work on, they cross pollinate and release limited edition brands together. And so they're, I think they're just f- excited to like get back and see each other in one, you know, event, because it's been a long time and we're excited to provide that, that facil- facilitate that event for them.
0: Hey, Al, I hear that there's actually someone who makes sake in Utah now that will be at Bruce Dillery. You want to taste that one?
1: That's- that's pretty cool. I'd like to taste them all. It sounds like a great community to get involved with.
4: <laughs> yes, Suke Sake, they're fantastic. This is their first big event they just actually launched during the pandemic. And we had them over to our office to do a tasting with our team a few weeks ago. A really amazing um, LGBTQ owned business um, from a Japanese American. And it's just so cool to see them here in our, in our state producing sake. And it's their first sake local sake company. Okay, tickets, time,
0: place, give us all
4: that. So the tickets can be found at either slugmag.com or 24 tickscom our local ticket provider. We also have a charity partner too. We're really excited to give, um, you can buy a Planned Parenthood mug. So they're a charitable partner, which will give $5 of your ticket sales to Planned Parenthood and you'll get a pink mug. So you can kind of walk around the festival and show your pride for Planned Parenthood and also you know give that $5 donation to them too. And again, that's a little cheaper the day before as opposed to all tickets go up a, about $5 day of. So tomorrow, where in time? Yes. So it's gonna be July 10th, Saturday, July 10th. And we have a new location. It's actually in the Slug Magazine headquarters parking lot, which is down at Art Space, which is on 500 West and 230 South.
0: Great. We'll put all those details in the show notes. Thanks, Angela. And congratulations on getting Bruce Tillery back after COVID. Thank you so So much. and, And we'll look forward to seeing you there, Al.
1: Yes. Take care, dear.
0: Hey, Al, it's time to meet the DJ. Here's a conversation I had sitting in Pioneer Park, by the way, looking over at Positively 4th Street, brought back some memories. Al, how many studios did you occupy in that building back in the day?
1: Um, I was one of the first ones, and that was music people that made noise. I remember when it was poets and uh, actors and painters and it was kind of quiet and then we took over and then I was there for oh goodness maybe almost 20 years I know right on and
0: off 20 years under the viaduct and
1: then then went back and when I actually went back I actually had the ranch space where ranch was that's right in 84 I had that studio where Brad slung so many records, I played a lot of music in that room. <laughs>
0: I remember meeting up with you there in 2015 or right before saying, hey, Al, I'm going to go to KRCL. How about you do this punk rock farmer thing with me? I remember we, that was the space you were in. You're like, yeah, come now, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and,
1: and, then, and then and then the other story that ties in on that one is me and you first met maybe at the Painted Word, That's right. which is right Around the back. Yep. So there that ties it right back together. There you
0: go. Well, here is a conversation with Liz Schulte, KRCL host of Root Awakening. All right, so this is a Meet the DJ kind of conversation, so I'm going to ask you some non-music questions, too. Sick. let's do it. What's your favorite thing to bake, since I just met you outside uh-huh. Carlucci's, where your sister is the proprietor and mm-hmm. you are also a baker? Um,
5: I really like hmm, probably the baguettes. And it's because it's a multi-step process so that's probably my favorite yes
0: wow okay so get me from baking to punk rock
5: oh i think that they have no connection (laughs) so there you go it's chaos yes yes (laughs) (laughs) i actually think that a lot of people that i know in the punk scene though actually work in food i don't know if there's like a connection between like creating stuff that others consume i don't know
0: maybe or it's uh, shift work that you can work around your band. It could be that as well. <laughs> so when did your love of punk rock and ska start?
5: I mean, ever since I started choosing my own music, I think. So How old I d- was that? Oh, so... I think it was actually really, really, really young. I think my first show that I ever went to, I think I was 12 years old. Wrap your head around that. I think I was 12. 12. Yeah.
0: Did your parents take you or did no, you no, sneak no. Out? My, What was the deal? My
5: older brother took me. I remember like begging my parents and they were like, you're way too young. And yeah. I, so that was my first what show. What was the show? It was, what was my first show? I'm trying to re- remember. Was it was at the triad center. Violent Femmes. It was the Violent ah. Femmes. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So like 12 years old, Violent Femmes triad center. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Kind of really reshaped your world view, it sounds like. I remember I also won some tickets right after that. So I'd already been to my first show, so I yeah. thought I was like... You're an old pro. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I won some tickets to, um, it was Green Day when the Dookie album, right before that one dropped. Yeah. And I remember I was on, so I was on the guest list because I won these tickets. And I showed up to Deviate, and the doorman laughed at me. And he was like, I'm not letting you into this show. And I was like, I'm on the guest list. And he was like, no, you're not on the guest list. But I was probably 13 at the time. You know, like, really, really <laughs> young going to shows. And then from there on out, I I felt as if I could just do it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when the doors open and you're like, yeah, I can go to shows. So from 13 on, I was definitely hitting, you know... More underground shows, but yeah, yeah, I've always been into punk and style.
0: Well, my punk rock scene was a generation earlier, at least, right. from yours. But I remember that kind of like, I can do this. I can do this, yeah. I don't need to how I can figure this out. Yes,
5: yes, yes. And it's totally different than it is nowadays. Like, how do you even find out about shows nowadays, right? Social media. Well that didn't exist, there were flyers. But a flyer feels like it's for everyone. Social media, you have to be within a group. So there's like this different feeling of acceptance nowadays, I believe. I feel like it's more open in
0: our time, in our generation. It feels more secret society now, oddly, the more we can communicate. Right, right. Wow, that's 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 pretty trippy. But also think about like
5: counterculture, right? So there's this amazing counterculture here in Salt Lake because, I mean, we all
0: know why. Um, but. That builds community. Yeah. And when there's something to be in opposition to, whether absolutely. it's the status quo, a predominant religion, your parents. Yes,
5: absolutely. Uh,
0: commercial, anything. So um, how did that shape who you are and what you do? Because you're also involved with Spy Hop. So
5: absolutely, yes. So uh, Spy Hop is something that when I was a teenager, I needed Spy Hop didn't quite exist. So Spyhop is a local nonprofit that teaches digital media to teenagers. So I work in the design department, and design means so many different things, but I help with the special effects, the animation, the game development, all of those things fit within design, and so that's what I help teenagers create. And it helps them express themselves, tell their story to the world, maybe empower the youth as well. So I want the teens once they leave our programs mm-hmm. to be really awesome well-rounded youth that are able to take on the world
0: you know it's kind of interesting because you see punk evolve from right. its um kind of implosive ethos right yes burn it all down absolutely <laughs> and here you're telling me what you're trying to do is help people express themselves take on the world and change it
5: yes but uh, you know i also feel like punk has those attributes as well. Think about like the Boeing community or like Food Not Bombs. There's always been this like underground, I'm trying to change the world. Sure, I have to burn it down first, but then like what <laughs> comes of it after that, yeah. I get to decide what that looks like. And
0: isn't that what every yeah. next generation is? Yeah, well shout out to Aldine and Rock Against Reagan, right? Yeah, absolutely. And now it's Rock <laughs> Against Whatever because there's always something to challenge in the world. Yes. So when it comes to doing Rude Awakening at 3 a.m. Granted, right. <laughs> we're in this COVID environment where we're all having to homecast. Yes. But what, what's your approach to creating that show
5: and why? That's a really great question. OK, so the reason why I actually started doing the show at that bizarro time is when I was baking bread in the morning, it felt like the music was too slow. I mean, there was no DJs, right? It was music, granted, but it was all like autoplayed music. And I wanted some high energy music to kind of get me through baking off that bread. I wanted something with some like pizzazz and energy and oomph. I didn't want to fall asleep. I wanted to be up working because that's what I was doing. So my show kind of like resembles that. It's high intensity.
0: It's like get work done music. So you're curating the playlist that you wanted oh, at I think, three in the morning.
5: I think not just me. I think all DJs <laughs> kind of curate their shows based upon their individual needs. So what's your playlist for baking? It is a lot of like bad brains and a lot of like aggressive, intense music. Also paired with some like high beat ska. I, I kind of run the gamut. I'm all over the place as far as like music that I choose. Um, it could be no effects. It could be bad religion. It could be whatever it is I feel like. And I hope that people don't know what song's going to come on next. I hope when people listen to my shows, they're like, how did you go? From, like, a slightly country to, like, a a bluegrassy punk to, like, you know, boxcar kids all the way to grindcore. Like, how do you even go? I'm hoping I'm keeping people on their toes.
0: And waking people up. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know anything about your personal life, and I was just saying, do you want to talk about it?
5: Do you have kids? You have three! I have three kids, yes. 17, 12, and 10.
0: Wow, so what do you tell them about your punk rock days? I mean, you were 12 when you went to your first concert? Yeah have you let
5: them go to their first concert? If too? any of them would be interested. <laughs> they I think that there's this thing where kids are going to um, try to be different from their parents, right? So if your parents are punk rocks, what They're are they Michael gonna... P. Keaton's?
0: Yeah, exactly. okay, you guys
5: are going to have to google that if you're too young for that reference. So, the joke around my family is that um, when my kids rebel, that they're going to become missionaries. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I have three fantastic kids. I'm super close with them. I think that... um, you know, you always listen to the music that your parents listen to, whether you want to or not. It's just like playing in the house all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like a special place in their heart for my music, whether <laughs> they want that it to be or not. But I'm leaving space for them to go down whatever path they choose.
0: and uh, it's like a dagger to the heart when they tell you your music is for old people, and you're like, no,
5: that was the soundtrack of my youthful rebellion. No, 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 I totally support that. I like having my own things that's vastly different than theirs. If they ever said that I listen to old person music, I would totally support it. I've got a sticker on my car that you got to see. It says, like, old punks don't die, they just sit in the back.
1: Punk rock is still alive here in Salt Lake City.
0: That's right. That was the Meet the DJ Liz Schulte from Rude Awakening, which you can hear Thursday mornings at 3 a.m. And, of course, if you go to krcl.org... You can find the two weeks, uh, last two weeks of any show, Al, because listeners support this listeners community radio station of Utah. We're able to provide those kinds of archives on the website. Let's do some more music, though. Scatters here from Usurpers.
1: New record out, Scatter. Really like it. Uh, What's the next song we're going to hear? I think it's
2: going to be Henry Myers.
1: Tell me a little bit about the story behind this one.
2: Sure. So uh, I grew up in a place called Port Arthur, Texas, and Henry Myers was a man that was uh, killed by the police there. He was mentally handicapped. And uh, this was a long time ago, but it, it's uh, something that really hit me hard. And uh, he was executed basically in front of his family uh, after he had surrendered. And the two police officers who were responsible, one of them I think I went to high school with actually, um, they, uh, you know, they were they basically got off. I mean, they they, were, they never even went to trial. There was, uh, you know, the, the city government put together a commission to investigate and make recommendations about what was going to happen. But basically, it was just uh, seemed to be just a strategy to appease people and, and keep people from, uh, you know, just to, to, to channel their anger away from anything that would really make a difference. And you know, unfortunately, this song has become much more relevant than ever because you know this sort of thing is happening almost every day now. It seems.
1: Yeah, it's a ter- uh, crazy situation, sad state of society, as they might say. Um, Henry Myers, we're going to back this one with "We All Lose." Um, how about just a little bit about more about that one, and I'll uh, introduce the songs.
2: Sure, "We All Lose" is about elections and how you know we are we're constantly being forced between the to choose between the lesser of two evils. And as long as we accept the choices that we're being given, we're always going to be making bad choices because we're not being given any good options. And uh, that's the, the outcome of elections is we all lose. and that's what this song's about.
1: This is the Usurpers from the new album, Henry Myers, and we all lose KRCL 90.9 FM.
3: I'm just
4: This is Lexi from Fish for Garbage. I just wanted to remind everyone that tomorrow we'll be cleaning up the Ogden River for the first time and there's still time to register at fishforgarbage.com. We'll be meeting up from 9 a.m. to noon starting out at West Stadium Park. That's at 1650 Jefferson Ave in Ogden. Next up, we'll be cleaning up the Green River in mid-August, and then the Weber River after that in September. Remember to hashtag fill the net and pick up trash anytime you're out enjoying Utah's waterways. That way we can all help to keep it clean and be stewards of places we love. Fish for Garbage hopes to see you on the river.
6: Skywatcher your Leo T here. Look up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Wow, as we cool down from the intense heat in the shadows of late afternoon and in dusk, Look to the west and see Venus looking like an aircraft carrier or an airliner coming in for a landing and hanging near here is fainter Mars. In a few days, the 11th through the 13th, Mars will glide near the shining planet for a stellar conjunction of our closest planetary neighbors and not to be left out, the moon joins them. Then after dusk evolves into darker skies, look above and to the east for Cygnus the Swan or the Summer Triangle. At the top of the triangle is glittering white blue vega that is a mere 25 light years from here. Then arc to the south after you look at that. Above the horizon for Scorpio with Antares beating like an orange heart. Enjoy this. And then to the east a bit for Sagittarius right next to Scorpio. Looks kind of like a teapot. Scientists estimate that this is the center of the Milky Way galaxy. or in that direction anyway. If you're in a dark spot, you can see the clouds of mysterious nebulas and clusters. and, And above here, twinkling and radiating energy. And as we go into this energy a bit, we find from a Stardate magazine that in August 1977, an astronomer named Jerry Emmon was scanning the sky from a radio telescope appropriately called the Big Ear. As he slewed across Sagittarius, he recorded a very strong radio signal. This faded in and out over 72 seconds. Computers recorded this on a printout, and Mr. Emmon wrote, Wow! The level of strength of the signal was only recorded in 50 radio bands, which sounds like a lot to me, but these events suggest a possible intelligent origin. Astronomers have not been able to find this signal since. This could have been caused by a natural astronomical event, but it is very possible that it is one of humanity's first detections of E.T. Yeah, wow. Fast forward to April 2020 when two ground-based radio telescopes detected an intense pulse of radio waves. It only lasted a mere millisecond, but it was a major discovery, representing the first time a fast radio burst, or FRB, had ever been detected so close to Earth. Hmm, kind of makes you wonder. Check out Skywatcher Leo T. Facebook for all resources and some cool photos. It's one sky, many cultures, and we'll stay with the old school mythology from the Greek in the sky myth. Daedalus was a famous inventor who created wings of feather and wax for himself and his son, Icarus, as they managed to create these gigantic wings using branches of trees and connected them with wax. He taught Icarus how to fly but warned him to keep away from the sun because the heat would make the wax melt and the wings would fall apart. They both took flights to the sky, but Icarus was young and enthusiastic. Excited by the thrill of flying, he flew too high to salute the sun, then swooping low to the sea and then up high again. Soon his wings began melting. Then Icarus fell into the sea and drowned. It must have been a good flight, though. So make your wings of feathers and something besides wax as you fly to the stars. Skywatcher Leo T.
0: There you go. Skywatcher Leo T. Check tonight's show notes for a link to his Facebook page, catch up on all his sources, and... And find out about the star party he's planning. It is Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones and Care KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. It's time for the Urban Farm Report. And you went on another road trip.
1: I went on a short road trip. You know, it was about three hours round trip. But I went up by Logan. Um, out in the country, beautiful, beautiful stretches of little land with uh, farmlands and stuff out there. Really nice. Hiram, Utah. Paradise, Utah. And I got to talk with Joseph Lofthouse about... Uh, his promiscuous growing um, principles, let's call them. <laughs> and here's that conversation with Joseph. So I call this my main field.
7: I've farmed in this field for the last 13 years without fertilizer, without compost, without manure, um, because I grow a lot of weeds and I turn the weeds back into the soil. Uh-huh. And I also select for plants that don't need fertilizers because if you're always fertilizing your garden then your plants come to depend on it
1: yes they do and this is the the vicious cycle of industrial agriculture right and it makes the worst bugs and the worst uh, diseases and all those things (laughs) and it's just really asinine the way that people think the best way to do things is for everyone and it really is totally opposite of that. Right. I'm talking with Joseph Lofthouse and we just came from his plot that's down in Hiram where he lives, but we're in Paradise, Utah now. We've come down the road just a little bit and uh, you've been here 13 years, Joseph, and um, you, it's kind of happenstance the way that you started growing here.
7: Well, yeah, I saw a sign in the post office that said horse pasture for rent. And so I knocked on the door up here and the lady put me through an extensive interview process. <laughs> <laughs> and I passed the test and so here I am all, all these years later.
1: <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's kind of funny. Um, you call yourself a vacant lot gardener. So you go around and you just ask or in- inquire. Well, I,
7: I don't have to ask because people always say to me, will you take care of my land? Will you farm my land? And so at one time I had four acres of land that I was taking care of. And this field here is three quarters of an acre. And so I had plots in four communities, like six gardens that were large gardens. and. But land is a burden to its owners, Uh and if somebody will take care of it for them, they're delighted
1: to have somebody take care of the land. And and it's kind of funny, you told me the the little story about this, is after the woman who you've been here for so many years, uh, the woman passed away, that you passed the interview... And um, it took five years until someone came and to find it to see you here working on this land.
7: <laughs> but basically, yeah. <laughs> so so I took care of the lawn and the house and as if it were my own. Cause what else am I gonna do? And and so I mowed and I watered and I kept the place presentable so it didn't look like a weed patch. But that that's part of the vacant vacant lot farmer contract (laughs) you you, you take care of things
1: Uh uh-huh very cool very nice and and obviously the lawn is still taken care of i mean if no one took care of it for that many years you'd have quite an overgrown plot of land right there oh yeah what's growing here in this one joseph and what what have you got going on as far as your as far as your promiscuous stuff. I see little tomatoes here.
7: Yeah, so I'm, I'm growing tomatoes right here close to the fence so they're easy for my landlord to come and pick. Uh-huh. And I also grow some, so I put flags on tomatoes uh-huh. to mark that this one is exerted. That means the flowers are open so they can cross-pollinate. Uh-huh. But that was the only one in this row that had that trait. Uh-huh. Um, I'm growing a lot of green, so you're keeping
1: track of this trait with a with a little ribbon on there,
7: yes, and over in other parts of the field, some of the two thirds of the plants will have ribbons on them
1: and i I know you do uh, I know you do some um grain. Yeah, so Some th- grain things, so the, some things with grain experimentations, too.
7: Because of the drought this year, I focused heavily on grains in this field because grains don't need as much irrigation as some of the other crops. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I'm growing oats and wheat and barley and rye. And the rye is ready to be harvested now. The wheat will be ready to be harvested in a week or two. Um, there's some lentils growing over here that will be ready to be harvested uh-huh. within a week or two.
1: I see corn. Mm-hmm. So there's some food in the. There's some food here also too yeah. for you for you to take back to the house.
7: Right. Well, there's. I'm growing a lot of beans. Beans are a crop that do pretty well in a drought conditions. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so
1: I'm. These are your favas right here. Yes. Mine are about this tall. Mhm. I've been watering them. Yes, all, you have. And they're underneath, <laughs> and they're underneath shade cloth too, and they're they're kind of happy. Uh huh. Yeah, they they got fairly big.
7: My favas are ready to. Some of them are
1: ready, ready to be to harvested seed, uh, for seed. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. How do you how do you know how how dry does the seed has to have to be? Well,
7: well, before I can store the seed, it has to be super dry. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But if the pods are are crunchy, then I harvest it, and then I might dry them on a on a cookie sheet or something.
1: And then and then they'll still be okay. It's not like taking it too early.
7: No seeds become viable when they're
1: really young. Uh huh. So we don't have to worry about. Huh, taking them I, I too didn't. Early. Huh? I didn't know that. I know that some of the some of the peppers and things they let go all the way to red on the, uh, on the plant right and then the and i I thought that was because they wanted to seed to make sure it was viable but no you're saying no
7: well well there's a difference between being viable and being super mature uh-huh okay cuz Cause, cause the longer you can let it go the the better uh-huh but it's like a 10 15% improvement uh-huh. compared to harvesting it earlier. So it's
1: not too much. Is There's not, there's not too much benefit or difference but, in the but, benefit. But
7: there's some benefit. And so we take every advantage that we can. Of course, <laughs> of course.
1: And um, it, very exciting things uh, that have been happening for a while. Your book. Oh, yeah. Your <laughs> book is on... Is it on the shelf? It is on the shelf. Oh, my goodness. It t- it's a long process, isn't it? Well, I, I
7: figure that it took me 11 years to write the book, <laughs> but, but four months to do the typesetting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there was all this proofreading and pictures and adding pictures, and, uh-huh. and I'm sure um, I'm happy to have a copy, and uh, I'll be happy to scroll through it here when I get home. But uh, it's very nice, glossy picture cover, and it's not just a little paperback book, really.
7: Well, the book has my heart song in it. I get it. And my heart song had to be full color. <laughs> it, 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 even though it takes my royalty, then it goes, <laughs> But but the full color was just so joyful to me that... It just had to be full color. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: And, and the, a little, a give a premise of the book and, and what folks can expect.
7: The premise of the book is that we ought to be growing our own food and our own seeds. And the way that we do that is local, local, local. Allowing plants to cross pollinate so that they can become locally adapted. Through survival of the fittest.
1: Yes. And that's something I always have. I have trouble with natural selection, but that's not quite survival of the fittest. But um, and so it's a, it's a very... I, I understand it's your heart. I understand that. <laughs> I get it. And, and I understand that it hits all the notes and things that... Interest me as far as eating local and eating nutrient-dense food and growing your own food. You, get, you have a little, you have a house, so you have a little piece of earth in your backyard. Go out there and work it. Go out there and grow something in it. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's only going to benefit. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's, right. <laughs> right. And, and call your neighbors over and have a party. Right. <laughs>
7: <laughs> let, let them help you plant and harvest. I mean, trade seeds with each other. You build know? community yeah. around it. Yeah,
1: and um, what a better way through through food. I mean, food touches us all in all of our cultures, in all of our, in all the history, and 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 uh, all of all of that. Uh, you know, that's the that's the roots and the brass tacks of what really things are all about. It's the kind of food we grow and eat, and folks have done for millennia. Mm-hmm. You know.
7: So my, my book is dedicated to the uh, tens of thousands of years worth and millions of illiterate plant breeders <laughs> who brought us every variety that we're currently growing.
1: Right, and um, the and the thing is, it's keeping those varieties alive. Right, I mean, um, we we want the diversity of things as far as big agriculture and the way things that are grown in those aspects, they've limited the, the number of different varieties and, and they've put like a clump on it. And, and so this is why it's even more important now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. More, go ahead. So,
7: so like in my fields in a year other than this year because of the drought, I might grow 5,000 varieties of sweet corn.
1: Wow. <laughs> so, uh, talk. Let's talk a little bit about the drought and and how it's kind of, it's made you, be mindful and not grow too many things because there's actually a, a quite a water shortage here and even out here in the country the reservoir which we were talking about a little bit the politics of it all is a lot of it grows to grow alfalfa but uh, it doesn't it's for growing gardens and things there's a a restriction on things
7: right and I left about a half of my field fallow this year because of concerns about water and I feel perfectly fine with that
1: but you, you did it in a mindful way in order, to, right. in order to conserve water, in order to...
7: Well, and also not to get all my hopes and dreams tied up into a garden that's going to run out of water halfway, halfway through the year. Halfway
1: through the year. So you'll, right. you're hoping to have enough water to feed what you did grow.
7: Well, the, the grains will all mature. Uh-huh. And the beans will mature. Um, the squash might suffer. You know, and uh-huh. so I didn't put all of my seeds in uh-huh. the ground. I put half uh, of my seeds in the ground.
1: Like something with a big, huge, uh, with a lot of green that goes along with the plant. Squash plants are mm-hmm. big and long, and you know, so they take a lot of water. Obviously, right? right? That's what you're what you're saying. Um, but but I'll I'll keep the the trees
7: alive and the perennials alive. By whatever means I have to to get water to them, but the annuals, it is what it is.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. I've seen you speak, and I've watched people's heads sort of turn around when you tell them your way. <laughs> it kind of goes against the grain. Well, Will you explain landrace a little bit? <laughs> yeah.
7: So a landrace is a crop that is cross-pollinating. And because it's cross-pollinating, it can adapt to our local conditions.
1: So it's do it's it can do what it can do what it needs to do to feel at home. It it, it takes on those traits.
7: Right, and the, the problem with with using the word open-pollinated, which suggests that we don't really know who's the daddy, uh-huh. is the industry has done everything in their power to make sure that they're inbred, and so I use the term. Promiscuous pollinated to specify that we really do want crossing, and crossing is desirable.
1: We want everybody's. We want the good traits from everyone.
7: Yes, and then the good traits from everyone can combine together.
1: And, and, and explain why it turns some folks' heads when you when you start to explain. This.
7: Oh well, this is Utah after all, and people are all people are people
1: (laughs) (laughs) but 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 it's not the norm most people they want to know exactly what something is or they want to know you know they want they want you throw seeds in handfuls and they plant one seed all at a time (laughs) one right here one right there what's the difference Well, well see an
7: heirloom is a variety that was the perfect variety for a faraway farm a long time ago. And I want my crops to be changing with every growing season so they can keep up with the weather, the bugs, the farmers' habits.
1: Sounds perfect. What else you got growing here in this garden? This is your this is the one by your house and then you have another uh, one. I, I call this
7: my kitchen garden. Okay. It's where I feed myself. Uh-huh. So there's turnips and beets and kohlrabi. Kohlrabi. We had a kohlrabi for lunch today.
1: How do you cook it? Um, most like people it don't understand what it is, and and it's different, and it, that throws a curveball at people. Yeah. They don't know how to eat it. or
7: Well, kohlrabi can be eaten raw, and I eat most of them raw, but we also chop them up and cook them. Uh-huh. Just steamed a little bit in some, or sauteed in some butter.
1: So, everyone, this year, I I hear the complaints or the the word on the street is bugs uh-huh. and heat, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I see some little pinholes in these in right. these here on um, these leaves. What have you got eating these plants?
7: So we've got grasshoppers that are eating the.
1: And they're in droves now, aren't yes, they? Yes,
7: because of the dry weather, grasshoppers are really prolific this year. So I, I let the chickens out every evening about sunset. Uh-huh. And they spend a half hour eating grasshoppers in the garden.
1: Do they... My My chickens want to eat every plant, sprout... Thing. Well,
7: I stand right at the edge of the <laughs> garden, and I keep them out of the garden, more or less. I have a patch of chickweed there.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
7: That's their favorite they, so, food. So
1: they, like, they grow go that way. So they go that way. They go that way. And one of the other things is mild winter is why there's quite a few bugs. Isn't that right. isn't that true? Yes. And did we, and it was a mild winter it last year. It was a year. mild winter. It, and it, it, I hear complaints about all the bugs. They're all in force. All the ones that we don't like are in force. Yeah. See, I also have something eating my beets. Uh-huh. Some kind of leaf miner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there it is. I just ignore
7: them because they're not killing
1: the beets or right. whatever. Right. Let's go back to the book, Joseph. Tell, tell, me, tell me a little bit more about the book and... And we'll talk about where folks can get it, And obviously.
7: I want the book to be a message of hope and joy and community. And a message about going back to the old ways of saving seeds as communities. And part of the way we do that is each community develops their own varieties of seed. And that's done through allowing things to cross and saving seeds from plants that really thrive for us and with those two things working for us we can really build a delightful local reliable food system
1: like it and and where can folk, where can folks get the book joseph I, i'm assuming it's you can get it online or i'm yeah, sure yeah so
7: the book's available from amazon and from Lulu. It's also available on my website, lofthouse.com.
1: Thanks so much, Joseph. Thanks. Oh. Thanks for showing me your garden. I'm really glad I came up and spent a little time, wonderful evening sunset here in the garden with you. Mm-hmm.
7: Thank you, Al. It's been a pleasure seeing you as always.
1: You too, my friend. Prefer- you too, my friend. Cool. Joseph Loftiles check our show notes for a link to his new book, Landris Gardening. Big thanks for having him on tonight.
0: We're just about done here with the show. It's been Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones alongside Aldine, Strict 9 Care Sales Punk Rock Farmer. But we got to get some more music here from our feature band tonight, Usurpers and Al Scatters with us. What songs are going to hear now, Al?
1: So it looks like we're going to hear Borderless Nation and um, The Enemy Within. And this is a great new album, Scatter. I just want to say that I really like all the songs on it. It really hits hits hard as kind of a British thing, leather bristle, studs, and acne kind of a thing, which <laughs> yeah. I know we kind of both go back to, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I still have my original cassette I bought in the 80s of that album.
0: You got a gig coming up, I understand. Very
2: good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so July 16th uh, in South Salt Lake, we're playing a parking lot show uh, at uh, the parking lot of a couple of businesses, uh, Spook's Boutique and Oliver Punk Rock Store. And the address of that is 3457 South State Street, and that's going to start at 5 o'clock. And the headliners for that show are uh, Locals All Systems Fail, who are a great local band that has a lot of history behind them. And uh, there's a band driving all the way from East L.A. for this show called The Runts, and they've been doing a lot of those sort of crazy uh, outdoor shows that the, you know, that the police been trying to shut down and stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got some other local bands besides us playing. There's going to be five bands total. And uh, it's also a good opportunity to check out uh, these stores. They're going to be open for the first part of the show. And, you know, it's really hard for a lot of independent local businesses right now. So we're, we're hoping that's going to help them out some.
0: Well, it sounds like uh, the DIY punk scene is thriving and doing pretty well despite the year that's been.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, people who both, you know, are kind of realizing that, you know, life is short and, you know, we got to take more advantage of, uh, you know, the opportunities that life gives us to get out and, and, and really, you know, live, basically. And, you know, so there's, this, you know, there's not just, there's so, there's so many new people coming to punk shows right now. There's so much new interest, uh, you know, there's like some of these backyard shows there's been over 100 people at. And, you know, I think that if you're interested in punk rock at all, you ought to come check it out because this is a really exciting time in, in our local punk scene.
1: That's that's really cool. You know, the, I can remember an exciting time back in the, it was back in the later 80s, but uh, 300 people would come out to a club to see a, punk, a local punk rock show. That was a pretty cool thing. It was before everything splintered and went into... Skinheads and straight edge and this and that and and everyone got used to get along here. It's been, Salt Lake City is a great city for punk rock and obviously it sounds like it's still alive and well. Thank
2: yeah, again. I think I think we're going through a renaissance right now. So yeah, it's it's very cool.
0: Where can people get a hold of the album or track you down online and get the details on this show coming up on the sixteenth?
2: Well, we've uh, we've sent copies to Ranch Records, Diabolical Records, and Greywell. I'm not sure uh, if they all still have it in stock, but I'm going to be hitting them all up pretty soon to make sure they still have it. But you can actually get our music for free from our website. If you go to usurpers.com, you can download the MP3s for free. You can even print your own CD covers and tape covers. Or if you want to buy the record, you can buy it directly from us. Uh, through our website, or you can just hit us up via email, or whatever. And we, you know, we, we're trying to get our music out there as cheaply as we can. To, you know, we, we you, if people want to pirate our music and sell it, please do. You know, it's <laughs> it just saves us money, and we don't have to like pay to get the records made and everything. If people do that, so so have at it.
0: Thanks, Scatter.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Scatter. Thanks, buddy. This is the Youth off their new record, Borderless Nation, fresh and homegrown on KRCL ninety point nine FM.
3: I want to live, I want to be free I, I want to live in a borderless station No more prisons or deportations I want to live, I want to be free